Well, the Marcus Adams Jr. era at Gonzaga lasted barely a month as the incoming freshman is already looking for his third college home. What does this mean for Mark Few's team? All coming up on today's Locked On Zags. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On College, and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. All right, folks, we got some FIBA updates to talk about for Mark Few, who's an assistant coach for Team USA, for Kelly Olinick and Team Canada, and for Philip Petrusev and Serbia. We're going to close out the show with all of that. But before we get to that, we got to talk about the big news out of Spokane. The never-ending offseason continues for Mark Few and the Bulldogs. Another player exits the program before even playing a game for Mark Few and the Zags. That would, of course, be Kansas transfer and incoming freshman Marcus Adams Jr. Marcus Adams Jr. was a member of the class of 2024 before he reclassified, graduated from high school early in 2023, and committed to join the Kansas Jayhawks. He's a top 50 prospect in the class of 2023, a guy who didn't play particularly high-level basketball against high-level competition, I should I should say. Uh, in high school, he went to Narbonne High School, put up monster numbers there, good enough to, of course, get recruited by Bill Self and the Jayhawks over at Kansas. Spent He enrolled at Kansas, which is an important factor for him going forward. Enrolled at Kansas, spent some time with the Jayhawks over the offseason, early part of the summer, and then ultimately decided it wasn't for him decommitted from Kansas, but because he had already enrolled at the University of Kansas, he couldn't just decommit and commit elsewhere the way that most players who have yet to start their college career can do. So what that meant is that Marcus Adams Jr. actually had to go through the transfer portal despite having not played any college basketball up to this point. He, there was an article right at the Kansas City Star, a couple articles kind of written about his decision to leave Kansas, and he never really felt particularly comfortable there. He had nothing but good things to say about Bill Self and about Kansas fans and so on and so forth. But he said he didn't really jive with his teammates, didn't really want to live in the country. He mentioned that a handful of times. Uh, ultimately becomes available. We chatted about him a little bit, but very shortly after he became available, he committed to Gonzaga. He joined Gonzaga on July 22nd was when it was officially announced that Marcus Adams Jr. was going to be with the Bulldogs. They signed him on July 31st. And at that time, Mark Few had a great quote about him. He said, Marcus is a really talented player. He can score. He can shoot. Hopefully we tap into that and getting him into our up-tempo system is going to be a really good thing. And that was that. Marcus Adams Jr. looked like he was going to be a piece of the 2023-24 Gonzaga Bulldogs team. He looked more like he was going to be a piece going forward. And going back to the him having enrolled in Kansas, a big part of this was because he entered the transfer portal after the transfer portal deadline. Remember, the deadline only applies to non-graduate transfers. Anybody who is a grad transfer can enter the transfer portal at basically any time. But there is a deadline for non-graduate transfers. Marcus Adams Jr., despite, again, not having played any college basketball, technically entered the transfer portal after that deadline. What that means 
is that he has to apply for a waiver through the NCAA in order to play next season. It's unclear at this point how likely the NCAA is to award a waiver in that situation because, quite frankly, it is a pretty unique situation. I can venture a guess. My read on the situation is that a player who is transferring, having not played a single game at his school, probably would have gotten said waiver approved and would be eligible to play right away. Now, the situation is a little bit murkier. I don't know what's going to happen for Marcus Adams Jr., I also don't think that he was going to be a big part of Gonzaga's rotation next season. At this point, as I'm recording this right now on Monday afternoon, a specific reason has not been given for Marcus Adams Jr.'s decision to depart Gonzaga. People will speculate. They are speculating. They will continue to speculate. People will point to the fact that he's already left another school and call him flighty. That's understandable why they would say that. Um, There is some potential for this to have been some kind of snafu regarding him getting a waiver or admissions issues. I don't know all of the full details there, but it's possible that there's some reasoning behind the scenes that he's leaving Gonzaga that doesn't necessarily have to do with him no longer wanting to be a part of the program. Again, I don't know. That's just speculation on my part. Perhaps he didn't suddenly didn't feel like he wanted to be a part of the program for whatever reason. Maybe it was the same similar situation at Kansas. He didn't connect with the teammates. Again, you start to wonder if that continues to be a problem, whether it's everybody else or whether it's you. Again, we're just speculating. We don't know what's going on with Marcus Adams Jr. He is a young kid. Again, he should still be a high school senior, having to make a really tough decision and obviously having a hard time with it. Regardless of whether this is procedural, whether this is Uh, him changing his mind, whether it's parental pressure. There's a ton of things it could be. But at the end of the day, I feel sympathy more than anything else. It's really hard to make this kind of decision when you're really young. And yeah, it's frustrating for Gonzaga. Don't get me wrong. This is frustrating. Fans are frustrated. I'm assuming his teammates are frustrated. Mark Few is out trying to coach, help coach Team USA, realizing he's losing players from his roster. That's pretty frustrating. I get it. And I don't want to minimize the frustration felt on the Gonzaga side for this decision. But I also just feel for the kid because he's having a hard time making this decision for whatever reason, for likely a variety of different reasons. There is some kind of struggle here. In the Discord channel, which I highly recommend joining if you have not done so yet, there's a link to it in the bottom of the show notes. 60 plus people hanging out talking Zags 24-7. It's fantastic. We were discussing that and there were some comparisons to Dior Johnson, who is a player who just decommitted or who just left the pit basketball program. Now, Dior Johnson was at 10 different high schools and has been at three different colleges without having played a game yet. Marcus Adams Jr. is not nearly on that level yet. I do understand the comparison, especially since Dior Johnson just left pit a few days ago. These two things kind of happened back to back. But it is one of those things where, again, without knowing all the details, it's a little hard to, to fully know what this means. I will say this, and I've said this on here already when talking about next year's lineup and rotation. I never saw Marcus Adams Jr. as a big part of the upcoming season. He's very, very young. Again, should be a high school senior. Mark View doesn't play freshman very often. And looking at the roster, and we'll talk about that more in the second segment of today's show, there just didn't look like a clear and obvious path to playing time for him right away. That factored in with the fact that a a waiver could potentially be an issue preventing him from playing at all. I assumed that Gonzaga and Mark Few were not banking on him playing any minutes at all this upcoming season. Could he have eventually come to the realization that big minutes right away at Gonzaga is not something he's going to get, and that's why he entered the portal? Totally. 
Could the addition of Luka Krasnovich, which came after Marcus Adams Jr., potentially even threw a bigger wrench in Adams Jr.'s plans and caused him to leave? Maybe. Again, I don't know. I don't want to speculate on all that. But what I can say is that Gonzaga is going to be fine. This isn't a huge negative for them in 2023-24. I think it's more of a negative for them long-term, but as some of you are probably saying to yourself right now, we're not sure that Marcus Adams Jr. would have been around long-term anyway. It didn't seem like somebody who was necessarily committed to two to three to four years in a Gonzaga uniform. So this may have been something that would have happened a year from now regardless. But what it does do is it opens up a second open scholarship for Gonzaga. And what I want to talk about in the second segment is what Gonzaga is going to do with that. Are they going to fill it? What does the lineup look like? What does the rotation look like? How does Adams Jr.'s departure end up impacting all of that? We're going to cover that after a word from today's sponsor, Athletic Brewing. Now time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by the Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Kelly Olenek for Team Canada, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Big KO had 12 points in Canada's huge win over Lebanon in the FIBA World Cup, putting the Canadians in a great position to push for a spot in the 2024 Olympic Games. Meanwhile, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good, full flavor and well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions do apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. Of course, a shout out to those everyday listeners checking out the show on YouTube. You are very, very much appreciated. If you want to become an everyday listener, just go hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Get yourself notified whenever there is a new podcast. We are very close, very, very close to 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. That would be an amazing number to hit before the start of the college basketball season. I think we can get there even before that. So if you haven't done so yet, just go hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Continuing our conversation here, talking about the loss of Marcus Adams Jr., what it means for Gonzaga in the 2023-24 season. And as I kind of teased there at the end of the first segment, I don't think it means much for Gonzaga in the short term. I think Adams Jr. was always more of a project, more of an up-tempo guy, like let's see what he can do out in space, uh, maybe in his first year or two, and then we'll kind of gradually assimilate him into the offense and figure out a role for him in year two, maybe year three. That didn't seem to jive with, with Marcus Adams Jr.'s particular vision. Again, don't know all of the details, but it seems possible, plausible that that is kind of where there may have been a bit of a disconnect there. But for Gonzaga, I've said this a handful of times on the podcast. You everyday listeners have likely heard me talk about this. But right now, on August 28th, in my mind, there are six players who are locked in to rotation spots for Mark Few's team ahead of the 23-24 season. Again, Mark Few tends to play eight. Rarely does he play nine. Occasionally, he only plays seven. But generally, you can expect a rotation of about eight players. Six of those spots, I believe, are fully accounted for. That would be Ryan Nemhard and Nolan Hickman in the backcourt, Steel Venters as the wing, and then Graham E.K., Anton Watson, and Ben Gregg in the frontcourt. All six of those guys, in my mind, are going to be legitimate 
daily contributors for Gonzaga next season. The three transfers coming in did not transfer to Gonzaga to not play. I don't think there's any real risk of them not playing much next year, barring, of course, some kind of injury to any of them. And then Nolan Hickman as a returner, Anton Watson as a returner, uh, and Ben Gregg as a returner are all, all going to play at least as many minutes as they played last year, if not more, most likely. So that leaves two spots. Two guaranteed spots that I think are going to be in the rotation, and I see four players competing for those two spots. Those four players are Luka Krajnovic, the recently added Croatian guard. Those are Dusty Stromer, top 40 freshman in the class of 2023, joining the team for the first time. Jun Sok Yo, South Korean, who joined the team in January of last year, has been with the team since then, 21-year-old. Uh, so he's a little bit older than your traditional first-time college basketball player. And then Braden Huff, who redshirted last year as a top 100 big man in the class of 2022. Of course, Marcus Adams Jr. is now no longer in the picture. Of course, Caden Perry is now no longer in the picture. Both those guys were competing for two spots as well. Perry has medically retired from the program, although I do believe he is going to stay on scholarship, which we'll talk about momentarily, while Marcus Adams Jr., of course, just departed the program recently. So out of those two spots, two of those four spots are going to go to somebody. I think Huff is probably the least likely to get a spot. I think between EK and Watson and Greg, that's going to soak up the majority of the front court minutes. And I think you could see some front court minutes potentially go to June Sok Yo as well. Uh, I do think that that's a spot that Adams could have potentially competed for some small ball four minutes. Now his departure and Caden Perry's departure does give a little bit more of an opportunity for Braden Huff to potentially step into an actual role on next year's roster. I think these two moves, if there's any player who's benefited more than anybody else in terms of Perry and Adams leaving the program, it's Braden Huff. He has benefited the most. However, I still think he's on the outside looking in for a rotation spot next season. My guess right now is that those final two rotation spots go to June Sakyo and Luka Krajnovic. That puts Dusty Stromer in the ninth spot. The ninth spot is a tough spot to be in Gonzaga's rotation. We've seen a lot of players kind of flirt with being in the rotation in that ninth spot. Now, as an incoming freshman, it is pretty standard for Mark Few to not give incoming freshmen, even fairly highly regarded incoming freshmen, don't always get big minutes for Gonzaga in year one. Dusty Stromer is not, you know, he's not Jalen Suggs. He's not Chet Holmgren. Uh, and he's, I mean, he's less regarded in terms of the ranking in the class as somebody like Hunter Salas, who didn't play a ton as a freshman either. So I just don't see Dusty Stromer necessarily stepping into immediate big time role for Gonzaga. I think he's going to kind of be that like freshman year Dominic Harris type role where he plays in most games. You know, he plays, I think Dom played like 25 games as a true freshman. He just played like three minutes per night. A lot of those came in garbage time, as you might expect. Occasionally, you get in for the last minute or so of the first half to keep somebody out of foul trouble, but most of those minutes just kind of come towards the end of the game. Somebody's going to be in that role. Could be Krajnovich, could be Yo, could be Stromer. Krajnovich has an experience playing against older guys, and I think that, and Mark View specifically mentioned that when talking about Krajnovich in the press release after he signed with Gonzaga, and I think that's going to give him a slight advantage. He's got, he's 
He's a little smaller than Dusty Stromer. He's a little bit more filled out than him, though, and he's just played against professional athletes. He's played against 25, 26, 27-year-olds, and frankly, that's what you, that's what college basketball is these days. You play against guys who are that old sometimes, and so I think the advantage goes to Krajnovich because of that, and then Yo has a different advantage over both those guys because, A, he plays a different position. He has a six-foot-eight wing who can play the three, and he can play the four. He's much older. He's 21 years old. He's also been with the program since January, where Dusty hasn't been with the program he's been with the program since i don't probably june or so and krajnovich of course just joined the program a few weeks ago so i think that gives yo a fairly significant advantage i also think just from an upside perspective yo's is, is quite clearly the highest uh, but having not seen a ton of him outside of the few clips we've seen posted of him and of course some of the stuff he did in the fiba u19s a few years ago it's hard to know exactly where yo is in terms of his college basketball game readiness but if he's there, if he's ready, no doubt in my mind, he secures a spot. He could start. I mean, I think it's very like very possible that Yo starts at the three and Steel Venters comes off the bench. That would not surprise me if that were the case. And I think that if Yo is playing a big role, then that per- then and Venters is playing a, a bit smaller of a role. I think that actually maybe helps Krajnovich earn that final spot because I think Venters and, and Stromer both being kind of tall, skinny, six five, six six guys maybe wouldn't play off each other as well. Whereas Krajnovich could play a little bit of a different role. But that's just a guess. Until we see these guys at craziness, until we hear from the coaching staff on how these guys have looked over the summer, it's a little bit hard to know exactly what that's going to look like. But the overall point being, Marcus Adams Jr.'s departure doesn't necessarily alter in any way, or at least doesn't dramatically alter what the rotation is going to look like for the 2023-24 season. What it does do is it opens up another scholarship for Gonzaga. Gonzaga has 10 players on scholarship next season. Now, I say 10 players, which in theory means there's three open scholarships, but I believe there's only going to be two open scholarships because I am almost certain that Mark Few and the staff are going to honor Caden Perry's scholarship, even though he is not going to play for Gonzaga. Caden Perry has come out and said that he is planning to stay at Gonzaga, continue to be enrolled as a student. And in my mind, historically, when this has happened, those scholarships get, they, they continue to let them stay on scholarship. They might have Caden work for the program in some capacity, like work, kind of work off those hours as it were. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think Gonzaga is going to reopen, pull that scholarship from him and try to give it to somebody else. A, because they don't need to, they already have two open spots. So taking a scholarship away from Caden Perry is unnecessary. Beyond that, it's a tremendously bad look to basically say, oh, as soon as you're no longer useful to us on the court, we're just going to pull your scholarship. That's, that is a bad, bad precedent to set. I've worked in college athletics. There are multiple instances of players who are hurt, who can no longer contribute to their team. Almost always are those players kept on scholarship unless, of course, they choose to lose, you leave Excuse me, the university. So Caden Perry is going to stay on scholarship. That means Gonzaga has two open scholarships. And I'm not sure what they're going to do with them. That's a really interesting thing because it's late August. School starts very soon. I just, it's hard for me to imagine. Mark Few is picky. He's not going to add players to this roster just to add players to this roster. He's not going to do that. Uh, He's never seemed keen on doing that. And I don't think that, again, with a team that plays a relatively tight tight, uh, lineup and rotation, I just don't see the need for them to go out and get more players just to get more players. That doesn't mean they won't add anybody. It just means that they're not going to add anybody 
just find the best player available. And even if they're not a great fit, or even if they're not going to play, we'll, we'll just add them so that we can fill those scholarship spots. That's not really how they operate. So what does that mean they're going to do? Well, there's really kind of two options. I guess there's three options. We'll say there's three options. You could add somebody in the transfer portal who's still available. You could go the international route like they did with Krajnovic and find somebody that way. Or you could add a yet unsigned class of 2023 player. I say I'm, I included that last one, but I think it's very unlikely. There are very few high school fresh or high incoming students who would be freshmen in college next year who are unsigned. I mean, the school year is about to start trying to add a player like that. Seems very unlikely. I don't think they'd find anybody who necessarily they feel like they need to add. Let's put it that way. Transfer portal, unless something changes, and it could. Grad transfers can enter the portal at any time. But it's almost September, folks. I think we're, we're pretty close to done with players entering the transfer portal and knock on wood because I said that before and Gonzaga's roster has changed multiple times since I last said, hey, I think we're done with roster movement. It's changed multiple times since then. So I don't want to make any more promises about that. This has been the longest offseason in Gonzaga basketball history. I feel pretty confident in saying that, I guess, outside of maybe 2020 when the season ended early. So the second longest that we've had. But it, there's been a lot happening on a day-to-day -day basis. But I would be surprised if Gonzaga went the transfer portal route. I would be more surprised if they went the incoming high school route, unless there's a 2024 player who they like, who wants to reclassify. Although again, it's kind of late to do that at this stage of the game. So that's a tough, tough avenue for them to go, which means the most likely scenario in my mind, if they do add a player is to go the international route. At this point, an international edition could be somebody who doesn't start for Gonzaga until second semester, a la Jun Sak Yo, where they, they, because again, trying to get them overseas and enrolled in classes and all that stuff between now and when the school year starts in like a week at Gonzaga just doesn't seem really all that plausible at all. So I, I don't think that that's going to happen. I could see a situation where they bookmark a spot and add somebody at the start of the second semester. Again, like they did with Yo, we saw them do it last year. There's no real reason they wouldn't try to do that again this year if they found the right player overseas. So I think that's probably the most likely scenario where one or both of those open scholarships get used. The other likely scenario is that they remain open and either get gifted to one of the walk-ons, probably Colby Brooks, potentially Abe Eagle. Both those guys have been in the program for multiple years, have been biding their time, doing the work, doing the things you love to see from the walk-ons, getting good grades, working hard in practice, you know, doing all that, all that kind of dirty work stuff. If those two guys have been stewards of the program for the last three years, as we expect that they have, it wouldn't be a surprise to see Mark Fury reward them with scholarships like he's done in the past with Matthew Lang and Rem Bacchamus and a handful of other players who walked onto the program. So that's my, the best guess. I don't think Gonzaga is necessarily keen to add any more players who would compete for lineup or roster spots or excuse me, rotation spots, because I don't think they really need anybody else to fit those spots. And like we said, Few's not out there just to add players for the absolute heck of it. We're going to close out the show today Looking at how Mark Few has coached Team USA, or has been an assistant coach for Team USA, they are 2-0 so far in the FIBA World Cup. We're also going to give you updates on Kelly Olynyk and Philip Petrusev as well, all coming up after a word from today's sponsor, GameTime. Life is always so busy, and the last thing I need to be stressed out about is buying tickets to events. Thankfully, there's GameTime, which has killer deals on last-minute tickets for all of the events that I want to go to. When choosing seats for events, I always get stressed about trying to pick the right ones because I'm worried about the view. I'm worried about the sun being in my eyes, which has happened recently. However, GameTime has images of views from your seat, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. 
Forget planning months in advance. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. They have deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, folks, still Andy Patton, still Locked On Zags podcast, still talking here through Gonzaga's roster and now closing out the show talking about the FIBA World Cup as we have our couple games in. Most teams have played two games right now as they look to try to qualify for the 2024 Olympic Games in Paris, France. And of course, as the Zags continue to be one of the most internationally focused college basketball programs in America, that means that we get to see a lot of Zags playing in a lot of different places. Right now, there are three different teams that are represented in some form or fashion by a former or current Gonzaga Bulldog. Team USA has Mark Few as an assistant coach behind Steve Kerr as the head coach. Eric Spolstra and Mark Few are the assistants. That is a really good trio of coaches to be working with that young Team USA team. Of course, Kelly Linick is the team captain for Canada as they look to qualify for the Olympics, and they are off to a great start. Philip Petrusev was one of 12 players named to the Serbian team as well. So we got three different Zags for three different teams out there representing the Bulldogs and their respective countries. Team USA is 2-0 after they beat New Zealand in Game 1, 99-72, behind 21 points, four boards, and four blocks from Paolo Bancaro. Austin Reeves added 12 points and six assists in that one as well. And then Team USA responded by beating Greece in Game to 109 to 81 they haven't been really challenged yet so far a couple of 20 plus point victories for team usa in that second contest there reeves had 15.6 assists and five boards while anthony edwards and jalen brunson each added 13 points this team usa will play jordan on wednesday the game is at like 4 40 in the morning i think that's east coast time so i think it's 1 40 on the west coast so if you want to watch that game i suggest not even going to sleep and just getting some extra coffee in the evening so you can check that one out in the middle of the night. Again, Mark Few, an assistant. He's been involved with Team USA for quite a while. Always good to see him getting an opportunity to coach along some of the game's absolute best. I have a hard time imagining that coaching next to Steve Kerr and Eric Spolstra isn't making Mark Few a better coach as we speak. And while I want Team USA to do well, and I love that Mark Few is there, ultimately I'm rooting for the Zags more than anything else. And Mark Few getting to learn tips of the coaching trade from some of the very best to do it is an objectively very, very good thing for Gonzaga's future. Kelly Linick and Team Canada looking really, really sharp to start off their FIBA World Cup aspirations. They are 2-0. They had a blowout win over Lebanon in their second game. But more importantly than that, they had a blowout win over France in their first game. Just for reference, Canada was ranked 15th heading into the FIBA World Cup. France was ranked 5th. That's a big difference, and it wasn't a it wasn't a little victory. They beat France by thirty points, ninety five to sixty five, in that win over France. France then lost to, I believe it was Latvia. I'm not one hundred percent sure who France lost to in their second game, but they're done. Ranked fifth coming into the FIBA World Cup, two and done. Should have had Joel Eyi or uh, should have had Killian Tilly on that roster instead. The French team, poof, down 
quickly in that FIBA World Cup. But for Canada, really nice performances from Kelly Olenek. He had 18 and four in that victory over France. He had 12 against Lebanon in their victory there. That was a 55 point win over Lebanon, 128 to 73. This is as good as Canada has looked heading into Olympics in a very, very long time. The roster is loaded. They got RJ Barrett. They got Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, they have Lou Dort. They have Dylan Brooks. This is a really solid Canada team. They're missing some of the absolute studs that they could have on the roster. You always kind of expect a few guys to not end up suiting up for them. But to have the roster that they have, to have Kelly Olenek and Dwight Powell in the front court, this is a team that's going to make some serious noise. And I think a team that deserves to get a chance to compete for the Olympics. And I mean, to tell you the truth, seeing Kelly Linick walk out there representing Canada with the big C on his chest as the captain for a team that's going to probably compete and, and make the Olympics is, is really cool. It was cool to see Rui carrying the Japanese flag during the Japanese Olympics in Japan. Of course, that ended up messing with him a little bit mentally because they didn't perform the way that they wanted to. And it was a pretty negative part of Rui's story at this point. He missed a large chunk of that next uh, NBA season because of some mental health issues. Seems to have uh, worked his way through that and played really well for the Lakers last year during the playoffs. So uh, all is well that ends well, I suppose, for Rui. But Really hoping to see Kelly get a similar opportunity with Canada once again, showing that the Zags are not only uh, international, but they have some of the best players from their respective countries. And I think that's a really cool thing to celebrate for Gonzaga. Last up, Phil Petrusev named to the Serbian team. Serbia is also 2-0. So between USA, Canada, and Serbia, the three Zags participating 6-0 so far in those FIBA tournaments. Petrusev and Serbia have beat China and Puerto Rico. Uh, he had eight points and two boards in only five minutes against China in a game that the Serbians won 105 to 63, an absolute massacre over the Chinese team. And they also played Puerto Rico, a much closer game, still 94 to 77, though still a nice showing from the Serbians. Petrusev did not suit up in that game. Uh, still for a guy who's on the fringes of making the NBA, going to be an NBA player this year with the Philadelphia 76ers. What a year for Philip Petrusev to not only make the NBA, to officially get that guaranteed contract, something he's been looking for for multiple years, but to get an opportunity to represent your country as well. Uh, again, he's kind of on the right on the border of being on that roster, but he gets to play with Bogdan Bogdanovich. He gets to play with Nikola Jovic, not Nikola Jokic. Uh, Jovic, who's a, a young player for the Miami Heat. Uh, still really exciting for Petrusev to get that opportunity, and hopefully uh, he'll get some more opportunities to show what he's capable of doing and potentially represent Serbia in the Olympics uh, next year if all goes well for this team in the FIBA World Cup. All right, that's going to do it for us today here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen. we got more fun stuff coming your way later this week. We'll continue to keep you updated on the roster as they may continue to be changes going forth for the Bulldogs. We'll continue to keep you updated on the women's basketball team who is out overseas right now playing in Greece and Croatia and a handful of other places and how that trip is going for them. We'll keep you posted on all that good stuff here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, as always, go Zags.